Welcome to the weekly worship service from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A and Kankakee. In today's service, you will hear readings from God's Word, a message from our pastor, the Lord's Prayer, and a blessing for you and your family. But first, a few announcements about our ministry at St. Paul's. We invite you to join us for our weekly 5 p.m. Saturday worship service at our church located at 348 East Merchant Street in downtown Kankakee. We also hold weekly Sunday morning worship services at 8.30 and 11.05 at our school site, located at 1780 Career Center Road in Bourbon A. If you have any health reasons that might keep you away from in-person worship, please consider one of our alternative worship services, such as our worship page on our website, our weekly WKAN broadcast, and through our Facebook stream. You may also request an audio copy or opt for our podcast. All worship services and church information are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. The latest information on our response to the pandemic is available by clicking the COVID-19 tab at the top of the page. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, please call the church office at 815-932-0312. And now we pray that you are blessed by the Word of God in today's worship. Epistle reading today from Revelation chapter 5. Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and the seven seals. 
Then I saw a lamb, looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out in all the earth. He came and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain and, you, and with your blood you purchased men for, for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they sang, Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them singing to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be all praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. This is the word of the Lord. Let us stand for the Alleluia verse. Gospel according to St. John, the 21st chapter. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. It happened this way Simon Peter, Thomas, called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out, got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. In the early morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, Throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped up his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the full net of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. Simon Peter climbed aboard and dragged the net ashore. 
it was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dare ask them, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Grace, peace, and mercy be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text from this morning is from Revelation chapter 5. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. This is our text. Heaven celebrates. Heaven rejoices. Jesus has been raised from the dead and has ascended to his Father in heaven. Christ is risen. Today we get to see that celebration from the heavenly side of things in Revelation chapter 5. But I want us to look first on the earthly side of things, from the apostles' point of view, that first confirmation class see the earthly side of things of Christ's ascension in Acts chapter 1. So when the apostles had come together, they asked Jesus, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by, my own, by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And Revelation 5 picks up after Acts chapter 1 leaves off. When Jesus entered into heaven, the angels sung. They rejoiced over his ascension. Jesus is the worthy one. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. 
The angels continue to celebrate our Lord's ascension to this very day. The Lamb alone is worthy. The Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And all of these power, wealth, wisdom, might, honor, glory, and blessing signify who this Lamb is. So let us break down who this Lamb is from both the earthly side of things and the heavenly side of things. As for power, from the earthly side of things, Jesus is a powerless man who cannot save himself from death. But from the heavenly side of things, Jesus is the word of God made flesh. For the word of God is power. Through Jesus, the entire universe was created. Jesus alone is worthy. As for wealth, from the earthly side of things, Jesus is poor. He didn't even have a place to rest his head in his earthly ministry. But from the heavenly side of things, the wealth Jesus has is not a material wealth, as though our Lord needs the things of this world. But rather, when we properly understand it, wealth here is a spiritual wealth. He is sinless and ever faithful to his Father. And now he holds the divine treasury of heaven that pays for the forgiveness of all of our sins. As Peter writes, you are ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without spot or blemish. The Lamb of God has paid our sins in full. Jesus alone is worthy. As for wisdom, Jesus is wisdom incarnate. From the earthly side of things, Jesus' wisdom appears to be foolishness. He dies on a cross. As for the heavenly side of things, Jesus' choice to die on the cross saves us from our sins, for Jesus alone is worthy, as Paul writes. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but for those of us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And as for might, from the earthly side of things, Jesus is weak on the cross. He's unable to pull his hands out from the nails. And so St. Paul continues, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. So from the heavenly side of things, by Jesus' weakness, we are made strong, for Jesus alone is worthy. As for honor, from the earthly side of things, Jesus was dishonored on the cross, naked, stripped to nothing but a bare, naked, bleeding corpse. But from the heavenly side of things, at Jesus' name, Every knee will bow and confess him as Lord, for Jesus alone is worthy. As for glory, from the earthly perspective, the Son of God endured the shame of the cross, dying the death of a criminal. But from the heavenly perspective, Jesus' glory shines brighter than the sun, for Jesus alone is worthy. And as for blessing, Jesus became a curse. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. From heaven's perspective, Jesus has become a blessing to all the nations of the earth. For Jesus alone is worthy. Heaven greets the Son with adoration and celebration. 
he has returned to his throne, a throne that was always his. He comes to sit on the throne, not as an idealized statue, and he even doesn't even come as a fully restored man, as if the crucifixion never happened. But Jesus comes to the throne bearing the marks of poverty, foolishness, weakness, dishonor, shame, and curse. He bears his wounds on his hands, his feet, his side. He bears these wounds and scars and markings for all of eternity. For he bears the marks of the worthy lamb that was slain for the forgiveness of all of our sins. And so the confirmation question here today is for us as those who have been confirmed in the faith. Are we worthy of the accolades of heaven? Are we the worthy ones? Are we worthy of Jesus' grace? Are we? Well, yeah, in one way, yes. But if it's all by ourselves, without Jesus, then no, we're not worthy of his grace. Because we did not die for the sins of the world. And we must recognize the depths of our sins and our spiritual poverty. That we add nothing to the table. Not our times or our ability or our talents. None of these save us from our sins. The no here represents our total and complete lack of ability to save ourselves or contribute anything toward our salvation. And when we volunteer at church, we may say in our hearts that, well, I'm doing it for Jesus. But the problem is that Jesus doesn't need our good works. For Jesus already has all things. What can you do that Jesus already cannot do? He needs nothing from us. Works righteousness means that we try to make ourselves worthy before God. Now, no, no Christian ever wants to admit that they are works righteous, especially we Lutherans, right? We don't, we don't ever want to admit that one. We try to avoid that label like the plague. But we can fall into that spiritual trap when we trust in our own works and that temptation creeps into our hearts and we lose focus of the worthy one when we put our focus onto ourselves as being those who are, the, who are, the, who are worthy. Now I'm going to say this to the confirmands, but it applies to everybody who studies God's word. You may be tempted to think today that well, I go to church every Sunday, or that I go regularly. I go to Bible class. I study my Bible at home. I do my devotions. And after doing all these good works after a while, well, I don't have to study God's Word anymore. I'm done. Done with it. I've done my time, right? I've heard that told to me before. I've done, I've done my time. But to put it another way, when we say those kind of things... We lose focus of the worthy one and what he has done for us and put our focus on ourselves. Confirmation isn't the completion of our Christian faith, but rather it is another step in a long journey with our Savior. And you all know that here today as we're gathered around word and sacrament. Once, but once I had a, a Sunday school teacher tell me that she didn't need to read God's word anymore because she had taught the Bible for 50 years. She too thought that she had graduated from God's word. She thought that she did her time. And that all that study made her worthy of being a disciple of Jesus. After she had said that to me, I hardly ever saw her at church. But we must remember that we contribute nothing that makes us worthy for God's grace. 
And if the church were held together by our own knowledge, by our own power and might, we would have ruined it a whole long time ago. Jesus alone is worthy of all power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. He bled and died for the church. We did not. And so we wash our robes in the blood of the Lamb. Jesus takes our dirty laundry, our sinful hearts, hearts that miss out on God's big picture of his grace, the big vision of his kingdom, and he washes them in his blood. And through his blood, we are made righteous before him. We are made worthy. And so, are we worthy of God's grace? Yes. Yes, we are worthy because his blood has made us worthy. Jesus' forgiveness is given to us by grace alone. And this is good news, brothers and sisters. We get to sing together with all Christians these past 2,000 years with all the angels in heaven. Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Brothers and sisters, this is who you are in Jesus Christ. From the heavenly side of things, we're a kingdom and priest to our God. And while Jesus doesn't need your good works, your neighbor certainly does. Jesus has redeemed us to be everything he made us to be. He has restored in us the image of God. And that means that we do the good works that he has prepared for us in advance to do to be everything he created us to be, the purpose that he created us for, to love God and our neighbor. And now I want to show you what that means. I want to show you what that looks like, to be a kingdom and priest to our heavenly father. And so I want to show of hands and keep them raised. Who in the last two or three years has lost a grandparent? Two or three years has lost a grandparent. A parent. Who is suffering through a serious illness? Who has ever been bullied or rejected? Have you ever felt alone in the world? That no one understands you? I want you to look around right now. Keep your hands up. If you've rolled your hands, keep them up. Look around you right now. You're not alone. This is the heavenly side of things. All these people are here for you and to go through life with you. As Christians, we are called to bear one another's burdens. Your sufferings are not unique to you alone, but afflict all of God's people throughout all times and all places. The devil wants you to focus on the earthly side of things, to stuff out your faith by saying that you are alone that no one can possibly understand what you're going through. But you have a kingdom of priests here to be intercessors for you, to be the body of Christ for you, to be the church for you. They are here to lift you up, support you, and bring God's love and forgiveness to you, even when we feel like we are all by ourselves. We are all here standing right next to you, lifting you up. 
As Christians, we are called to be intercessors in the world, forgiven, restored, and renewed by washing our robes in the blood of the Lamb. We go forth with God's blessing, knowing that our worthiness does not come from anything inside of ourselves, but from God himself. He has shed his blood and has redeemed us from our sins. And he has given us the greater vision of his kingdom. And with this gift, we get to join with all peoples and tribes and nations and the whole host of heaven with cherubim and seraphim and triumphant joy these, these nearly 2,000 years and singing continual praises to our Lord Jesus. Our earthly vision is like those of those first confirmation students, the apostles in Acts chapter 1. We're looking up into heaven. We're looking up and wondering, wondering with them when Jesus is returning. But listen to what the two angels say to the apostles. Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Why are we like the apostles before us, trying to look into heaven with earthly eyes? Our earthly vision obscures the heavenly vision of Christ on his throne. Our earthly vision obscures the big picture. The big picture is that he has made you, all of us here, a kingdom of priests to his Father. That Christians, we are never alone because we have been brought into his church, into the communion of saints. And all this is done by Jesus alone. His wounds continually remind us that he alone paid the price for our sins and that, he was that, that we have been ransomed from the futility of our sin and brought into his kingdom as priests forever. Jesus is the vine and we, we are the branches. We are connected by grace alone together as God's family. His blood makes us alive in him, alive to worship, praise, and sing for all that he has done for us. And he has won for us the gift of eternal life. And we get to join today with the whole chorus of Christians and angels singing nearly 2,000 years the song of Jesus' triumph over sin, death, and the devil, that grand heavenly vision of God's kingdom. And we continue to sing those praises to the worthy lamb, for he has made us worthy through his own blood. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, keep our hearts and minds in the one true faith unto life everlasting. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Dear friends, go with God's blessing this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. More worship opportunities are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. Just click worship at the top of the page. May God bless you and your family each and every day. And again, thank you for listening.